Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am one of your hosts, Brittany Brombacher, alongside the stunning, the beautiful, the gorgeous Rihanna Manuel Pena. Thank you. I always get the best intros from you. That's what I try to do. I try to uplift. And I mean, you don't require much lifting because look at you. I mean, parts of me require a lot of lifting right now. Pregnancy, everyone. It's fantastic. Woo. Everything's Woo. heavy. <laughs> Everything is heavy and your body feels weird. Welcome to pregnancy. But yeah, this is not what's good pregnancies. This is what's good games. And this week we have a very, uh, it's kind of like one of those serious news weeks where I feel like everything is just kind of like hoity-toity and kind of boring. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of heavy, can a we just dry. Be, can we just be real about that right now? I agree. Yeah, like let's just real talk it. It's stuff we don't want to be excited about. <laughs> like, it's not I'm as fun so as playing games. This- sick of this Activision Blizzard shenanigans. I'm sick of talking about Call of Duty, but we're going to do it because we are professionals. And listen, it's a good opportunity to make a podcast and talk to the lovely co-host who is here, Rihanna. Andrea is not here because she is busy doing awesome, amazing things. She just got done hosting because we're recording this on Wednesday, July 19th, the Games for Change Awards. And she absolutely crushed it. Looked stunning as always. Had a really, really fun script there. And I, I hope you can watch it on demand. I'm sure there's a VOD out there somewhere. Check that out if you have not. And then she's also at San Diego Comic-Con moderating the Expanse a Telltale series panel on Friday, July 21st. And she's just out there doing amazing rad things. So shout out yeah. to Andrea. She back will be to being back. The busiest lady in the business. Yeah, again. you know, it's, it's not a you know, it's hard when you got kids, but look at her out here crushing it. Crushing it. She'll be back next week. I will be out next week, just taking a little R and R. Got some family in town, so I will not be here. But that's fine because I hear you have a special guest next week. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. It's Emily. We love Emily so much. <laughs> Thank you to our Patreon community new member. I just totally botched that. Chris Inerio. We appreciate your supporting us on Patreon.com/slash What's Good Games. This is what I meant to do. I meant to think of the Patreon producers. Chewie Scott's unfair to Tia, Justin Fushi, and Punctified. That's what happened. But y'all got your shout out. Don't take your pledge away, please. And I want to do this little like thank you new reviewers thing, but kind of not. Okay. Because we got a review a few days ago, Ray, on I think it was Apple Podcasts. Someone gave us three out of five stars and their name is Defunct X. And the title of the review was Holy Advertisements. And the body of the review is, I get it. Secure the bag. Three long ads in an hour long podcast feels greedy. Hmm. And there's no bag, Defunct X. Do you think we at What's Good Games is making enough money to pay our mortgages, our rents, our bills? Not really, no. And so I just wanted to have like this real talk because I don't think people understand, you know, how much work goes into a podcast like this and that we do ads and we make ads so we can pay our contractors, so we can pay people to help us with the show because we have lives and we have children and we are soon to be having children like Reed. And life is expensive and life is hard. 
hard, but we take the time to do this show every week because we love it and it's our passion. However, that said, if you think that we're making tons and tons and tons of money doing this, that we can support our families doing this, you're very, very wrong. So this is just my little shout out. And thanks again to all those who support us on patreon.com slash what's good games. And thank you to our partners at The Roost for, you know, helping us sell ads on this show, because without that, the show would literally not be possible. So quit your bitch and defunct X. Go away. <laughs> All right. And that is my rant. Okay. So let us re start with the most exciting news ever. <gasps> we got more Microsoft and Activision Blizzard stuff to talk about. Yay. <laughs> so first, let's get caught up on the shenanigans that happened. So when we talked with y'all last week, the latest development was that the FTC was denied their request for a preliminary injunction. Okay, so that's what happened. And then I think as we were recording, right, I said, oh, I think they're appealing. And then that was the last we heard. Well, they did appeal that decision on July 12th, but the judge denied that appeal. And then the U.S. Court of Appeal for the Ninth Circuit also denied it. So what does that mean? Well, Game Informer so eloquently put it, Microsoft is all clear in the U.S. to complete its purchase of Activision Blizzard. However, the company still must contend with a competition and markets authority in the U.K., which in April blocked this acquisition over cloud gaming concerns, which we've talked about. Microsoft, of course, appealed that, but after the FTC ruling, Microsoft announced it was pausing its appeal motions in the U.K. to instead attempt to negotiate something satisfactory for both it and the U.K. regulatory agency. Okay, you with me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. And then late <laughs> last week, the CMA announced it had extended its own deadline, the Microsoft Activision Blizzard case, to give it time to deliver a potentially new ruling in the case. Its original deadline was July 18th. The new one is now August 29th, 2023 with the CMA. All right. Now that leads us to something that just happened. I think it was this morning. And this comes from The Verge. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard extend the merger agreement to October because the deadline has come and gone. All right. So Microsoft and Activision Blizzard have agreed to extend their merger agreement pending the outcome of negotiations with UK regulators. <laughs> Both parties will now have until October 18th to finalize the transaction after missing the original deal deadline of July 18th. Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith says the three month extension is designed to, quote, provide ample time to work through the final regulatory issues. Both Microsoft and Activision Blizzard have agreed to a higher termination fee and new commercial <laughs> arrangements for the transaction. A termination fee payable if Microsoft or Activision walks away from the deal is now set at, pull out your Dr. Evil pinky, $3.5 billion Ooh. if the deal doesn't close by August 29th. You know, I'm going to say I would be that bitch. I would be like, eh. I would collude with someone. I'll be like, yo, you want to walk away and like pocket $3.5 billion, Re? You know, you want to be Xbox, I'll be Activision. I'll walk away from your ass so we can split the difference. Handshake, let's do it. Let's just do it. I mean, I feel like we can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess technically we would want to wait until September 15th because then then that number jumps up to $4.5 billion. Just a quick billion dollars in one month of non-working. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, and then there's more legal shenaniganry going on. More words, more words, more words. And this three-month delay is related to the ongoing negotiations with the CMA. All right. So that's yeah, a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's the thing. It's here's the thing. <laughs> it's great that all of this is public and that, you know, we can have an opinion and comment on and like watch the events unfold in real time as like mm -hmm. big mergers and acquisitions take place. There's lots of armchair legal experts <laughs> weighing in on everything that's going on. And of course, many folks who are posing as economists at the moment. Here's the thing. Mergers happen a lot. 
most of the time, we don't hear about it. Because this is in a field that we care about, in video games, there's lots of emotions tied into it. But the fact is, Microsoft, like a lot of companies, has been acquiring other companies as long as it's been around. <laughs> That's why mm-hmm. they're so big, right? Like, it comes and goes. It happens all the time. Someone else will probably buy another piece of something else in the next couple months, and we won't even notice. And I understand that this matters a lot to a lot of people and I don't want to deny your feelings like live your truth. However, in the grand scheme of things, this will do very little to change the way you play your games. That's a good perspective and a healthy perspective. I think, yeah, we tend to get caught up not a lot in just this news, but just in news in general. And then we kind of forget, like, how does this ultimately like impact me? I think about football, Ree. Mm-hmm. There was a time when Jason, I remember, when the Seahawks would lose. He'd be grumpy. He'd be like, okay, he's like, I got to go outside and like take a walk or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you do you, man. Like, I, you know, I appreciate you have something passionate. And then I think like a little bit later, he's like, why am I letting this impact me so much? Because just because I'm rooting for my team and they lost, my day-to-day life doesn't fucking matter. And I'm throwing Jason under the bus right now. But it's kind of <laughs> like that. You know, you can't about all these big fucking things and you're like how does this actually impact my day to day I don't know this is called the what you call it the top of the show or before we started oh, the, what is it the, the all out of fuck show <laughs> all out of fuck show we're just gonna be, keep it real this week let's just keep it real this week but yeah I mean Back to video games. I'm sure this will go through. It'll probably go through before October, and then we can all move on. Because mm-hmm. I think we're all just over it at this point. Just so over it. Just yeah. a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah like maybe you won't get the console deal or the subscription deal, which we'll touch on a little bit later in the show that you wish you could have gotten. Games get made or they don't get made. Like, it doesn't really matter that much who owns them. <laughs> like, all the... All the people with the deep pockets make their decisions and we just get whatever they decide is okay. I mean, I do suppose, you know, it's it's not fair. I know not everyone has an Xbox, so I understand, you know, when Starfield comes out, you just play Baldur's Gate 3 on PlayStation 5 and you'll be fine. There you go. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. People are going to be mad. (laughs) But yeah, there it is. It is what it is. Sorry, we don't have any more insight on it, but I think we're all just like, okay, cool. It's another development. Who knows what's going to happen next week? But guess what? I won't be here next week, so I won't have to worry about it. All right. (sighs) Speaking of Call of Duty, Sony agrees to a 10-year Call of Duty deal with Microsoft. It also comes from The Verge. So Sony has agreed to play the game on PlayStation. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Sony has agreed to a 10-year deal for Call of Duty with Microsoft to keep the franchise on PlayStation after the proposed Activision Blizzard acquisition. Microsoft gaming CEO Phil Spencer says Sony and Microsoft have agreed to a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. And this, of course, ends a bitter battle between the companies that has been waged both privately and publicly over the past year since its proposed acquisition in January 2022 of Activision Blizzard. While Microsoft's initial announcement doesn't mention 10 years for Call of Duty on PlayStation, Carrie Perez, head of global communications at Xbox, confirmed the 10-year commitment to The Verge. Perez later confirmed to The Verge that the deal is only for Call of Duty, though. That makes the deal similar to a 10-year agreement between Microsoft and Nintendo. This is where it kind of gets interesting. Microsoft's original deal offered to Sony in January 2022 included keeping, quote, all existing Activision console titles on Sony, including future versions in the Call of Duty franchise or any other current Activision franchise on Sony through December 31st, 2027. And clearly the deal terms have changed because that's not what this says. Yeah, different bargaining chips when uh, when they've cleared all but one of their opposing councils. Yeah, you can play it. That's great. But I want more games in more places. So we love to see it. We love to see it. 
I remember when all of this was kind of happening back in the day. And I remember we reported here on What's Good Games. I think it was Jim Ryan was saying how, like, what if they release sabotage versions of Call of Duty on PlayStation? Microsoft might release a PlayStation version of Call of Duty where bugs and errors emerge only on the game's final level or after later updates. Even if this could be detected, any remedy would likely come too late, by which time the gaming community will have lost all confidence in PlayStation as a go-to venue to play Call of Duty. Yeah, if it became known that the game's performance on PlayStation was worse than on Xbox, Call of Duty gamers could decide to switch to Xbox for fear of playing their favorite game at a second class or less competitive venue. Like, I remember when that statement came out. I mean, it's really like, we all know you're winning. <laughs> like, <why> are, <laughs> like, you can't fool us. Yeah, PlayStation yeah. is, is, it's the winner. Like, you already won. You got it. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. You did no the thing. Yeah, so there's Xbox for this. <laughs> and there's so much more if you want to like rehash this whole history of it. It's just going to be a fascinating book someday, Re. Um, it'll oh, be yeah. a fascinating book. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is kind of interesting. I remember when Xbox 360 was the go-to for Call of Duty. And yep. then it was on PlayStation. And now it's kind of coming back, it seems like. Everything is coming full circle. Or maybe we're just getting old and we've been around a long time. Yeah, you live long enough and see the same four things happen over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But it will be interesting to see what happens after 10 years. Do you think Call of Duty becomes exclusive? Yeah, it definitely could. And I suspect, at least with the current trajectory of what Microsoft has been doing with Xbox, that it would be playable on more than just an Xbox console, just like it is now. You don't have to have an Xbox to play Xbox games anymore. And that seems to be the future that they want to see. So, yeah, you'll pay a subscription fee. Again, maybe it'll change <laughs> no. between now and then, but you'll you'll have access to the games you want to have access to. I wonder uh, if Sony's like behind the scenes. I feel like they have to. I know they're doing this really big live service push, and I understand that. But what they're thinking, you know, what do we do if we lose Call of Duty in ten years? You know, mm-hmm. how do we replace that revenue stream? Is it the live action games? Is it their own first party shooter that they keep exclusive to PlayStation? You have to imagine there's something going on there, and yeah, some people out there know, and they're not telling us their secrets, but. Uh- it it's will pretty be interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's been some some really great reporting recently. I was watching Inside Games with Bruce and Lawrence and Charlotte over there, and there seems to be like this very opposing business model that Xbox is taking versus PlayStation, where PlayStation is like investing heavily, like hundreds of billions of dollars into like these long super high production value narrative experiences that are all exclusive to their console, and then maybe a year later it's on PC. Versus mm-hmm. Xbox, who are funding indies and, you know, picking up third party studios and titles and making them more widely accessible, but giving those studios big upfront checks so they can add to their headcount and, you know, make things that maybe are a little bit more of a, a shot in the dark or a bigger bet and a new type of approach to the type of games they want to make. And they have lots of little smaller experiences, right? You get your hi-fi rushes, you get a couple of ones that don't work out so well, but <laughs> occasionally there's an amazing moment in there and like, oh, surprise, Ori, now it's a franchise. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that was a new studio. They didn't have a hundred billion dollars to start off and, you know, make a horizon. So I don't know. It's just interesting seeing these two very different approaches and how they're starting to converge. And we as gamers are, of course, ready to consume all of it. But, you know, what's sustainable? That's kind of a, a big question mark right now. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder where we're going to be in 10 years. Too bad we don't have the magic eight ball we could ask. I mean, we don't own any of these games, so (laughs) that's the sad part. Isn't that the truth? Well, let's keep talking about Call of Duty. (laughs) Let's. God, I'm so, you know, like real talk, I feel bad that I'm just kind of like, I don't know what my problem is. I don't know. 
don't I know, maybe it's, it's like it's more fun to play good games than to worry about like too far in the future what's going to happen with them sometimes. Like I know that's what we do here and you yeah. know, we try to take educated guesses, you know, from being in the industry and like watching these cycles and covering this content for so long and it's fun to to postulate and to predict things, but mm-hmm. honestly, sometimes it's just like I don't know what's going to happen. Like let's just play some games and vibe out. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's where I'm at. And I think that has been the biggest shift that I've had. Now we're going off the rails, but I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Ever since I had Jace, I think the pandemic happened. You know, it's just been like, you know, I care obviously about the video game industry. I love it. It's like my passion and it's the only thing that gets me as hyped as it does. But sometimes, like, I just want to enjoy the game and I just want to not worry about these overhead, this overhead that's going to, you know, I don't want to worry about the overhead of it all. I don't really care too much about what these big corporations do as long as I can play my games. I mean, I do care to some extent. Like, please don't be assholes and evil. Like, no one likes that. Well, there's a lot of that, too. Maybe that's what it is. You know, I just just don't want to get my panties in a bundle. I just, yeah, maybe. I just don't want to get my panties in a bundle if I don't need to. I just want to, like, enjoy my video games and remain passionate about it and try not to sweat it. Yeah. Yeah, put that energy into, like, other stuff, like my family and my friends. Or, like, I was watching the Games for Change Award, as you mentioned at the top of the Mm -hmm. show, Andrea was hosting. That was really sweet. It it made me really happy to see, like, these devs and these smaller teams and people who are making games that they feel really passionate about and that really impact the world and, and, like, being recognized and put on a main stage and, like... That's more what I feel like paying attention to right now than, you know, people who have billions of dollars to spend if they are late on a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah, no, just, totally. I'm tired of big business for the moment. Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, unfortunately, we... Well, this one isn't so big business, this next story. And, yeah. you know, maybe maybe this will this will get the juices flowing a little bit for you. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Call of Duty, Activision's <laughs> Call of Duty game this year is more modern warfare. And this comes from Bloomberg. And this is a whole bunch of text. I meant to trim this a little earlier. So if you are familiar with the story is, I'll let you take it or I can just kind of do my best to weed through it. Yeah, I'll just kind of give the highlights here. So again, via Bloomberg, Activision Blizzard's Call of Duty installment this year, so it's 2023, uh, will be a continuation of last year's Modern Warfare 2, which of course is renamed, but it was, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. But this will be a continuation. Um, And they say it's a surprising twist in the lucrative game franchise that for decades has released a completely new game every fall. So as a lot of folks may remember, Call of Duty had for a while this sort of every three years you would get a new installment in each of the different Call of Duty styles. So you'd have Modern Warfare and then you'd have like the more throwback, like the, Mm. the old war era. And then you'd have like the Black Ops and it would cycle through every every third year you'd get a new one in that whichever Sledgehammer, Infinity Ward, or Treyarch game that is Mm -hmm. up next. But right now, they're saying they're going to stick with Modern Warfare 2, which I'm a fan of, so that works out for me. Activision has made several changes to the schedule after the 2021 entry to the series uh, when it failed to meet expectations, which led some executives to believe that they were introducing new versions too rapidly. So they can not every third year approach. So they're planning a premium expansion for Modern Warfare 2 to help fill a gap, according to people in the Activision Sledgehammer group. Modern Warfare 2, which was released last year in October, became the best-selling video game of 2022, so that expansion was planned to be big with a single-player campaign and several multiplayer maps, and eventually it morphed into a full game release. So Sledgehammer's new Modern Warfare game, the name is still unclear, but will probably not be Modern Warfare 3, because that's, <laughs> again, confusing. It's now slated for this fall, people said, declining to be named because they weren't authorized to speak to the press. 
Activision spokesperson Neil Wood noted the company has announced that a premium Call of Duty game will arrive this year and that they had nothing new to share. So this is all, you know, some some backdoor conversations (laughs) and, you know, hush hush stuff. But it, it sounds like the every third year pattern is not working out the way that the executives wanted. And they're going to just go ahead and continue with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. 2022 and we'll see a sequel of some kind which yeah cool let's go for it okay and then let's talk about the next story and then you can give us all of your thoughts because i have a feeling you're going to care more about this than me (laughs) activision confirms modern warfare 2's weapons bundles and operators will carry over into call of duty 2023 so Mm -hmm. activision did confirm that modern warfare 2 weapons bundles and operators will carry over following a period of extensive leaks relating to this year's game expected to be modern warfare 3 the official call of duty twitter account posted a poll that left fans in no doubt about the transfer of their digital items. Call of Duty developer Sledgehammer Games, which is leading work on this year's games, retweeted the post. Typically, items bought for a mainline Call of Duty game do not carry over to the next entry, but Activision was criticized when it announced cosmetics would not carry over from Battle Royale Warzone to its sequel, Warzone 2.0. And then we kind of go in and in about what we just talked about. So, yeah. okay, is this is this a really big deal? Like, that's my... It is and it isn't. It depends on who you are and what kind of player you are, right? So with lots of games, but definitely with Warzone and now with Modern Warfare 2, there are things you can buy in the game that you can get attached to, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. cosmetics, they're like, like as I said, operators, different things that you can put on your calling card. And if it doesn't carry over to a game that comes out the very next year, it does feel like a loss, right? We have games like like Overwatch or Fortnite or things where you invest time and energy and money into a platform and then you get to live with it for a couple years. Now, if they're releasing sequels every single year, it does decrease your willingness to purchase into it, right? If you know Mm -hmm. four or five, six months from now, you're going to get hyped over this new game that you just heard about and then a couple of weeks later, you're ditching all of the things you just bought, like say you've spent 50, 60, $70 on all of it. It's, It's pretty common, right? So I think it's smart to make sure that they carry over. I can understand how difficult that must be from a development standpoint. Mm -hmm. But it it makes sense if you're going to have battle passes, if you're going to, you know, introduce something that seems like it's more of a long-term investment and then you come out with a sequel the very next year just to let people carry at least parts of it over, maybe not everything, but it's a smart move and consumer first. And I appreciate the effort. We'll see how it works out. Cool. I mean, I think that's great. It kind of reminds me of this sort of sort of related kind of novel. Who cares anymore? Uh, <laughs> how there's all those rumors. Going, or was it a rumor? Or was it officially announced that Nintendo's next console will transfer over their games and other stuff that you purchase? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like that, that needs to be the norm. Because I don't think people are going to stop buying cosmetics necessarily. No. You know, I think they're going to continue. But it's like that idea if you can hoard all the things you bought into one and then you can take it with you everywhere you go. It's like the Pokedex. Everyone wants to carry their Pokemon around with them. Let the people carry their guns around. On yeah. Call of Duty. We love forward yeah. compatibility. There we go. See, that's why I love to keep you here. I can tell you're so good at marketing and just what you do. <laughs> you have all the little buzzwords like in your head. You're like what she's talking about is this. I do. I save them on flashcards and I look at them every night. <laughs> See, that's you're so 
I used to do that actually with video game <laughs> knowledge. Like back when I was first learning about video games, like this outside of just enjoying playing them, I was like, okay, what what's an engine? What's mm. a what's what, what is the role a publisher does? Who publishes this game? You know, because I never really knew all that. This is many yeah. like twenty years ago, right? I mean, how so would, would you? Look, it's not something that's taught, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, I had to go down this like path of of self discovery of like what <laughs> is this and what is this video game lingo. That's actually would be a good idea. Yeah, Some flashcards like that. I think Sugar Gamers actually does something yeah, like that. They do. Uh, they have a whole card of like different terms and different roles and, and jobs yeah. you can have actually, which is really really helpful for for young people who are excited about games and maybe want to get into the industry and being part of making games, but they're yeah. you know not coders. Like There's lots of other jobs you can do. I've uh, been reading, I had to pull it up on my phone, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is Jason Schreier's Ooh, yeah. um, book. And if y'all haven't read that, I cannot recommend enough. It's really even, you know, as someone who's worked in this industry for so long, opened my eyes to a lot of, it really helps you empathize, I think, and sympathize with the game development process in a way that you really wouldn't know unless you hear, you know, these, these firsthand accounts of how some of your favorite games were made and how they almost weren't made. So as we're talking about video game flashcards and terminology, that's just kind of what reminded me of that. It's a very, very good one. Okay, Ree, we have a few more (laughs) stories. The next one, end of an era as Microsoft replaces Xbox Live Gold with Game Pass Core, and this comes from IGN. So I'll just run through this real quick. Lots of numbers, lots of dates. Microsoft has announced the upcoming end of Xbox Live Gold over 20 years after it first launched. Xbox Live Gold ends September 14th, so you have a few months to prepare, and will be replaced by Game Pass Core, which Microsoft described, quote, as an evolution of Xbox Live Gold. Core includes access to online console multiplayer and gives subscribers a collection of over 25 games to play on Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One for $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Shout out to them for not leaving behind the Xbox One. That's so sweet. It's like, oh, you you remember Don't forget about your little baby. And then it goes into some history. Skipping that, IGN continues, here's how all of it works. At launch on September 14th, Xbox Live Gold members automatically become Game Pass Core members. With the introduction of Game Pass Core, Games with Gold comes to an end on September 1st. Players can continue to access any Xbox One games they previously redeemed through Games with Gold if they remain a Games Pass Ultimate or Game Pass Core member, Microsoft clarified. Regardless of subscription status, any Xbox 360 titles redeemed via Games with Gold in the past will be kept in a player's library. With the launch of Game Pass Core, Game Pass has four distinct offerings. Core, $99 a month. Console, $10.99 a month. PC, $9.99 a month. And Ultimate, $16.99 a month. And as before, Console Game Pass does not include access to online console multiplayer. I'm going to be so real with you right now. Is I, <laughs> If I were looking at this, I, we're looking at this chart right now in our show notes. And it's, it, this is this little photo. And it says, choose the plan that's right for you. And there's these four boxes. Yeah. And it has the price. And all the, I ain't reading all that. I'm just paying the Ultimate $16.99 a month and hoping I get everything. Because mm-hmm. I just can't keep track of all these subscription services. I just got charged my PlayStation 1, I think, a couple days ago. And I was like, I don't even know what I get for what I just paid for. But you know what? I don't think I care enough to look into it. It was like 10 bucks a month or I don't 15. I don't even know how much it was. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why. No wonder my bank account is just draining. Yeah, <sighs> it's tough, right? And then, of course, you know, there's the added confusion of the family plan, which, you know, they, they didn't make any sort of statement about it. But yeah, it's a lot, right? And it's changed and ultimate costs a dollar more, I think. And you don't get online with core. 
own console specifically pc you do but yeah it's a lot it's confusing and nobody wants to read or study or have to you know like quiz themselves every night with flashcards in order to know what subscription service (laughs) to get to play games they want to play i love xbox and i love the team over there everybody knows but it's hilarious to me that they said over 25 games i love that (laughs) What I does that have... mean? Is okay. it 27? Is it 28? <laughs> 26 and a half games? That's just, I, I always laugh when I see that uh, over 25 or over something 25. Yeah, it's annoying. Right and it sucks that it got more expensive, but... If anyone's interested in the 25 games, I'll just read them really quick. Okay. Okay, yeah. Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Guardians, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori in the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, and The Elder Scrolls Online. And Microsoft said it'll announce more core games ahead of September 14th, and new games will be added two or three times a year. So that's probably why the over 25. <laughs> the over 25. They're not sure yet. No, that's Side. and like it's a good list right and if you yeah. only have ten dollars a month to spend and you have a you don't have does you need a console can you do this with streaming i guess you can't because it's not online yeah there's another question there it, it it's it's a lot of questions right and people have what they're used to any change is going to be disruptive honestly i'm getting super frustrated with everything just increasing i know inflation is yeah. the thing but like Netflix going up and like Game Pass going up and like everything just it, like they're just taking more and more and it it doesn't always feel like you're getting more for paying yeah. more and again this kind of maybe goes back to like the big corporation burnout that I'm feeling right now with all the strikes happening and like seeing all these billionaires like complaining that people don't want to work or pay for things it's just like how much more can we give and it is frustrating but i will say this i understand they have to change things up like it's a business they can't leave it the same way forever i get it it's just i'm tired i'm tired of all the change i know i wish money grew on trees right can we just go out like animal crossing style or like i like the the game reference where it's like once you get to 999 million dollars then like you you can't look you can't load any more money into your personal bank accounts like it just falls on the ground <laughs> whoever's around you can pick it up it's like no more billionaires please like it's too much it's too much can it's we just have a much. dollar of your summer? yeah let's just just sorry i didn't mean to go like super anti-capitalist this episode oh, but girl, it's just like, exhausting no, listen, it's just one of those weeks and you know we like to keep it here real here on what's good games not every week is going to be exciting where we can talk about a new black panther game or talk about you know baldur's gate and banging druid bears even though that would be fantastic if you could yeah. you know we're real people we have lives and we have families and some weeks we just can't show up like we do other weeks that's but true. that's okay you know we're human it happens Let's talk about something. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how to segue segue this next one, girl. But I'll, I'll get. I mean, talk I, get <laughs> you got something? I, I do kind of feel like I've been getting punched in the face, so maybe that's a good segue. Yeah, well, okay. If you want to feel like you're getting punched like Rhea's, you can play Assassin's Creed Mirage with a haptic suit. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from GameSpot. Okay, yeah. So the whole the whole title is finally you can feel like you're getting punched while playing a game with Assassin's Creed Mirage haptic suit. 
So the company name is O-W-O. I'm like, do I say O-W-O? Do I say U-W-O? Like, is this like U-W-O? E-girl shit? Okay. So U-W-O and Ubisoft have partnered to bring physical sensations. I got no fucks this week. To Ubisoft's game portfolio. The collaboration begins with Assassin's Creed Mirage, the latest installment in the franchise, with a haptic suit that promises to, quote, incorporate some exclusive sensations never felt before. That's what every man says before he takes you to bed. The suit will also featured exclusive Assassin's Creed <laughs> sorry this is Assassin's Creed <laughs> in the show notes it says Assassin's Creed Mirage, Mirage oh, yeah, that's my own typo God. damn okay uh, an AC Mirage <laughs> <laughs> Keep it together, Brett. You're a goddamn professional. We got it. The we got suit this. will also feature an exclusive Assassin's Creed Mirage skin resembling the main character of Basim's outfit. Initially, the Mirage edition will be sold exclusively on Uwu's official website. Later, it will be available as a bundle with the Assassin's Creed Mirage game through various retailers. Okay, so they're like, yeah, we can immerse players in the world, sounds, and sensations in Mirage in an innovative and enhanced way, said the lead producer, Ubisoft Bordeaux. We look forward to players discovering and enjoying Basim's story with the power of, again, it's not uwu, it's spelled O-W-O. Um, and then they go on and on, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. So there has not been a release date or price point for the haptic suit revealed yet, but it will be compatible with PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S and X versions of Mirage. The regular edition haptic vest is priced at approximately $560 with availability in nine sizes and a weight of less than 1.3 pounds. And the haptic vest is currently compatible with 25 other games, Hmm. including Fortnite, Rocket League, Halo Infinite, Apex Legends, and League of Legends. Lots of combat. So, speaking of Assassin's Creed, real quick, I also want to mention that it has been revealed that there are no plans for now to release DLC for Assassin's Creed Mirage. And this is according to creative director Stefan Boudon. He responded to a fan question in a Reddit AMA. It will be a standalone game. And quote, for now, Mirage has no plans for DLC or extensive post-launch. Which is really interesting because I feel like, you know, those games, I mean... Now, granted, I haven't finished an Assassin's Creed game to date, <laughs> except for the first one. But I know there's always DLC. Andrea's always talking about it. And I feel like they're pretty beefy pieces of content. Oh, yeah. So that actually kind of gets me excited for Mirage. You know, I kind of yeah. want to go back and experience kind of an OG-esque Assassin's Creed game, especially if I don't have to worry about big chunks of DLC coming. Just makes yeah. it more attractive to me. It's a little less of an investment. <laughs> yeah, a little less. But I want to go back to this vest thing. What do you? How do you feel about this? Cool, I guess. Yeah. Like we're we're all trying to to make Ready Player One a reality, even though that was a dystopian future that didn't work out well for anyone. Yeah, I, I guess if <laughs> you want to put on a suit and feel like you're getting run over by a car in Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, haptic feedback is definitely a really, really cool feature, especially for fe- people who have different ways of experiencing the world. Mm-hmm. Um, having a, the suit, I, I would be more, even more interested in like how they translate, you know, feedback that's usually visual or audio, and and give one to one replacement feedback in the suit, so that you know people can interpret it the, the way that they need to during oh. due to the functionality. Um, as far as like like I fall off a ledge <laughs> as oh seam and then I feel some a thud on my back. I don't want that. <laughs> like, personally, not my jam. But if it is yours, then you have six hundred bucks or more, then go for it. Like live your truth, right? <laughs> On the website, it says you will be able to feel your precise movements when you take down your targets. Uh, But beware, they're out to get you. Don't let your enemies get too close or you will feel the consequences. 
huh like yeah. what if there's like little knives like stuck in there and like oh, you no. get shanked in the back it's just like yeah. oh my god they'll true game over no i wouldn't want that either that would be like i said a true like permadeath mode no thank you no one no one yeah. needs that you know i think this is actually really interesting when i was little i used to think it would be really cool when i was playing games i think maybe what like spawned this idea was i think i was watching the opening cinematics to final fantasy 8 and there's this beautiful field in that in that opening cinematic full of flowers and i'm like it would be really cool if i could actually smell those flowers yeah. right now i always thought it would be really cool if you could have like a smell what's it smell called <laughs> smell vision yeah, something like that with uh, video games. So I've always been kind of interested to see, you know, how do you make video games feel more realistic? Maybe wearing a vest. I don't know if that's the one I want. That's not really the sensation I want. I don't want to feel myself getting like shot or shanked, but um, yeah. I feel like smell would be a good way to just start that experience. Yeah. But I do remember when I played, God, what was it? South Park Stick of Truth, I think it was way back in the day. I went to a preview event, or was that PAX or E3? I don't remember. And they had the smell vision or whatever it was called. And, you know, in that game, Cartman farts a lot. Or your character <laughs> farts. Excuse me, your character farts. And, like, you would fart, and then, like, the mass would fill up with, like, this, like, nasty fucking smell. Oh. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. There's a video of me out there wearing it. And I was like, why did I do that? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was smell, they say, is like one of the strongest sense tied to memory. So it is an interesting way to maybe experience a game. But yeah, again, I just, I don't want to feel like I'm getting punched for real. Like, I, never. <laughs> like, <laughs> never. I know. I don't want to, I don't ever want that sensation. Yeah, I'd be good living my whole life and not feel that. <laughs> I would like to try this out, though. I would be really curious. I've seen these at every convention we go to. I don't know if it's this exact brand, but I feel like yeah. I'm always seeing those vests. And I don't know, I think it would be interesting to experience it. Maybe not with a game as intense as Assassin's Creed. But maybe like Resident Evil, right? It would feel like there's a zombie oh, bite in me. Or like tingling on like along your spine or something. Ooh, if God. something's nearby. That sounds yeah. kind of neat. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like you're getting stalked by something. Ooh. Ah. Or like a tap on your shoulder and it's nothing oh, there. Oh, God. No, like a jump scare. Could you imagine <sighs> how much that could more fuck you up if you're playing a game and there's a jump scare and the whole thing like squeezes a little bit or something? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. I'm going to cause a heart nope. attack. <laughs> you're like, I'm about to have this baby right now if you keep that. <laughs> Yeah, there's right. lots of interesting things they can do with it. Yeah, it's just not for me. You're not talking about. Never, I'm not going to go there. I was going to talk about the. The never mind. We're not going to do it. All right, I'll tell you off the ship. In case you missed it, another ten PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four games are leaving PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium in August. Again, another thing about subscription services. But if you are subscribed to PS Plus Extra or Premium, I am here to tell you, friends, that Yakuza Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami Two are leaving on August fifteenth, twenty twenty-three. So if you're subscribed to any of these, play them, you fools, if you have not. Because Yakuza 0 on game... Was it on Game Pass when I played it, was. it for the first time? But the first time I, I played it, it wasn't. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 0 is what spawned my love for these games. And I believe that 0 is the way to start this. And then you play Kiwami and Kiwami 2. So they're all three right there for you. Granted, you only have a month. And you need that much probably just to get through uh, one or two of these. But <laughs> play them and make me it'll make me very, very happy. And the last one I pulled here is an interesting one, hmm. kind of. Some of you might roll your eyes. Some of you may be like, God damn again. But The Last of Us composer suggests a new release of Part 2 is coming. This comes from IGN. So The Last of Us Part 2 may be getting a new enhanced release, according to series composer Gustavo Santaolala. I'm sorry. Apologies. I'm sure your name sounds way more eloquent and beautiful than I just pronounced it. During an interview with Blender, Santaolala... 
tease his cameo appearance in The Last of Us Part 2 and how it will be expanded upon in new editions of the game. And the new editions, you can make me play certain themes and, well, I can't tell you anything else. So this person originally appeared in game as Gustavo, a survivor of the Cordyceps infection outbreak who resides in Jackson. This small cameo in which he plays the banjo seems to be getting expanded in the supposed new version of the game with the hint that players will be able to make Gustavo play games from the soundtrack. That's actually really cool. So I saw him live at the Hollywood Bowl at the Game Awards um, anniversary performance. And this man is in love with playing music. It is just such a joy to watch him perform. And I can imagine him just gushing over this this new way that people can experience the music that he's created for the series and having zero context for maybe this is a leak or a spoiler. (laughs) Because he's just so genuinely passionate about it. So I think this is actually kind of sweet. Like usually when things come out, you're like, ah, fuck these leakers. But Um, he's just excited, you know, and and it's fun when... um, when people can get excited about games. Again, I'm trying to focus more of my energy on that stuff right now. So yeah. I actually love hearing this. And they're going to re-release part two. Great, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, it, it would make sense. Uh, sure. I don't know, obviously. I, and I say that because I don't know how far out it is. But if it lines yeah. up with HBO's season yeah. two, I feel like, you know, if people are going to want to play that game again, look what it did for the first The Last of Us, you know. so Yeah. Additional accessibility features and a whole new audience that can come to it and enjoy it. And if you don't want it, don't spend your money on it. The devs already committed to it. So if you're bad about it, there's nothing you can do. So yeah, let's just enjoy the game. And speaking of leakers, I, it reminded me of the next Call of Duty game. I'm sure you saw this, but so and the actor and musician Luke Charles Stafford recently shared a Facebook post in which he claimed Activision would use his likeness for their next main character in a Call of Duty game that would allegedly be released next year. Hmm. And the, this person said, Activision decided to adapt their next main character, Ratcliffe, for Call of Duty off my face likeness and I am elated and this is like really cute to all of my college roommates back at Anderson University in those years in Smith Hall playing Black Ops 2 next year we can beat the snot out of each other again but I want to play as me and then he posted these photos of him in a rig for body scanning and talking with other members of the production crew again someone who probably wasn't supposed to say anything but was just really (laughs) excited about like his new role in Call of Duty and this happens all the time we see this kind of stuff happen but yeah, there's another another little Call of Duty tidbit leaked by someone who was just excited about their job. Yeah, Yay. it's okay to be excited about things and you know share your joy. That's fun. Let's turn to NDA, a legally yeah, binding not, agreement. Trying not to break contract. <laughs> don't break contract, please don't. You're not allowed to do that. You can't really oh, uh, replace man. Gustavo, so no, he's <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> he's like, ah, he's safe. <laughs> You don't worry about me. Oh, man. Well, that'll do it for this week's news segment. When we come back, we've been playing some video games. Rhea's been playing a game where there are monkeys on an island. And I have been playing a game that takes place with a bunch of islands. I don't know. Whatever. We'll be right back. back to What's Good Games second segment. This is where we talk about what we've been playing at any preview events we may or may not have been to. And this week, Ree, 
Yeah. You have on here Sea of Thieves Monkey Island. And this is really exciting for me. I loved it when they did their Pirates of the Caribbean little expansion. And I've been having my eyeball at this one. So tell yeah. me all about it. Yeah. So I played, I want to say maybe like three-ish hours of Sea of Thieves Monkey Island. So what we know about it is that this is one of several different releases in this um, DLC series. Mm. And like the first area answer, I'm cracking my knuckles. <laughs> the first I thought area. you were snapping for a minute. I was like, oh, she's <laughs> getting into it see if these monkey island no um <laughs> this is a, the first uh, island the first set of puzzles the first area in that series so um i played with uh, my husband danny pena and also mm. emily rose who will be on next ah. week and we had a blast so i am very ignorant of monkey island lore i haven't played any of the games but emily has okay. <laughs> she's played them extensively so it was really great seeing her, her perspective she's the best but yeah it was really great seeing her perspective and her reactions to seeing like characters and callbacks and things directly referencing mm-hmm. monkey island and actually one of the main characters who you're searching for and interacting with is the playable character from monkey oh. island i believe so she can talk more about that that nerdy detail next week after we can after we're allowed to talk a little bit more about spoilers. But sort of first impressions of it, it's fun, right? It's Sea of Thieves, which I've played at release. I've played a couple times during different DLCs, but never really got into. Still the best mm-hmm. water in any oh, video yeah. game for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, the way they introduce it is really approachable. It's fun. It ha- definitely has that Sea of Thieves point of view and that humor and there's environmental puzzle solving you have to talk to people to figure out what's going on in this town in order to track down somebody you're searching for and try to deduce okay how can I get past this guard or you know how Mm. can I find this thing somebody's missing so they'll give me a key to move to the next thing and it's a lot of like discussions and environmental storytelling and bribing people and pirate you know activities you're stealing stuff like the whole time (laughs) love it yeah it's a lot of fun I really enjoyed it Um, at one point I did actually hop over an invisible wall (laughs) and end up in an area I was was not supposed to be in (laughs) but it did not let me progress and it didn't break the game. I was able to hop back into the water and swim to the beginning again. So, now, you know, kudos, question. kudos to, to the rare team and making sure I didn't break it. Is this one of those expansions where PVP is turned off? It is. So okay. what happens is as you, you know, you have your little tutorial introduction moment, mm-hmm. you hop on a ship and depending on, you know, however you've match made, however many people are on your ship, either by yourself two or three people or up to four. You sail into a crevice <laughs> that is a, a lit, a lit by a, an eerie green glow. And then I you're no good. longer okay. in like the shared waters. Then you're in the instance for the DLC. So Got there's no it. PVP. It's it's all co-op with the, the people that you're setting out sail with. Yay! This, oh, I'm, I was hoping that was going to be the case. And I'm I'm with you with Sea of Thieves. I, I played in the beginning. I hated getting wrecked in PVP because yeah. I would spend so much time. I loved... You know, finding the treasure, then it would always get stolen. But I love drinking the grog and dancing and da da da. And then I love the Pirates of the Caribbean expansion because yeah. it was instanced and it was just a really great way to experience the game without worrying that you're going to get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that competitive aspect was not for me either. But no, this was fun. It definitely felt like if you were playing a an escape room with your friends, but in a game. But also me. Monkey Island, but also Sea of Thieves. <laughs> Dude, that sounds so amazing, though. Yeah, ah, it's, it's that great. That makes me so happy. Okay, cool. Um, So you're three hours into this first part of this DLC. Do you still have lots more to do? No. So we completed the okay. first, like, 
section of it. But again, there there's plans to release more that kind of go along as a whole package. So we just got oh. a little taste, a little preview of how it'll okay. feel. And um, yeah, it was great. I had a good time. Okay, so there's probably a release schedule out there somewhere that we could look at to see. Yeah, what... there might be. I don't have it handy, but that's yes. Fine. That's fine, that's fine, that's <laughs> fine. I was, okay, well, that's good to know. Well, that and that sounds nice too, because it's just a few hours. So I feel like if I want to take a break from Diablo 4, could hop into this and get a nice little change of pace. I've never un- uninstalled Sea of Thieves from my Xbox. I just yeah. couldn't bring myself to do it. So I'll have, is it paid DLC, free DLC? Do you know? Sorry, I'm asking Let you me all these find questions. Out. Like you're the spokesperson. Where's John Drake? Let's just ask John everything. Well, it's available now okay. <laughs> as of the 20th. Yeah, you can play it on all places you play Sea of Thieves. Yeah, okay, so the first of three Tall Tales is available for free on July 20th. So this is Melee Island is the first place you're going to visit here. And then I suppose two more spots. And uh, yeah. There you go, friends. Right on. I had a really terrible description of the game I was playing before we went to break. (laughs) I said there's islands. And there are islands. So I'm playing a game called Dredge. And this came out, I believe, in March, end of March of this year, developed by Black Salt Games, published by Team 17. It's on PC and pretty much all of the consoles. I'm playing on Switch. It's my new treadmill game, Reese. So I'm Ooh. playing it while I'm walking the treadmill. Still I'm super impressed the- you're able to do that, honestly. Thank you. Well, there's certain games I definitely can't play, like I've talked about before. You know, like I, if it's first person, it's about time. If it's any, I have a piece of skin on my face and I can see it in my peripheral vision and it's kind of driving me wild. There it goes. Oh. <laughs> got it don't worry about it friends don't pretend like that never happened anywho so dredge so this is the description off of steam dredge is a single player fishing adventure with a sinister undercurrent mm. sell your catch upgrade your boat and dredge the depths for long buried secrets explore a mysterious town and discover why some things are best left forgotten Starting with your new home on the remote, the Marrows, take to the water and scour the depths for curious collectibles and over 125 steep sea denizens. I love that word. Explore each area while completing quests and visiting neighborhood island regions, each with their own unique opportunities, inhabitants, and secrets. And so essentially, like, you are... And this game just got uh, what's called the passive mode, and it makes hostile creatures no longer aggressive, Mm. allowing for less stressful gameplay because this game takes place on a day-night cycle. And the time only progresses as you move the boat. Okay. So okay. you move the boat, time moves on. You fish, time moves. It just, if you're just sitting there in the water managing your inventory, time doesn't pass. Thank God for that. But as you're out too late into the night, you get what's called a panic meter. And higher levels of your panic meter lead to hallucinations that change reality around the boat, creating hazards that may damage the player's vessel. However, some fish only become available at night. So you have to kind of say, is it worth it? Do I want to go out at night and risk this happening? And the waters around also contain a number of sea monsters, which can attack the player. So I started playing this because I've just been itching for some sort of management sim. And Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life, I believe is what it's called, just isn't doing it for me. That's just not the kind of like Harvest Moon game that I really like. Sorry, Story of Seasons. And so I've just been wanting to play something. Like, I want to do chores in a game. Like, I don't know why that's so (laughs) relaxing to me. I want to manage stuff. I want to upgrade stuff and, and project manage stuff. Anyway, so I... I've heard of Dredge. I remember seeing the trailer for it because it looked like it was kind of like a fishing game with a, like a dark, scary twist. Yeah. And I started playing it and the night cycle was was, you know, kind of spooky, but I didn't like feeling like I had to rush back. 
before night fell because I didn't want my panic meter to rise and I didn't want to run into rocks that suddenly manifest because if you do that, you lose parts of your inventory and then your boat gets damaged and it's just like not good. But Mm -hmm. then this passive mode came out like three days after I started playing it and I thought to myself, well, that sounds perfect. Take the stress away. Like I'm playing Diablo. I I don't need any more stress in my life right now. I'm playing Final Fantasy 16 still. I don't need any more stress. (laughs) And with this mode, it's definitely like much more enjoyable in the sort of game that I'm looking for. So as you're playing, you know, you start at this one little town and you kind of get the sense that there's some weird, creepy stuff happening, but no one's pretty much outright with it at that point. And you're going around, you're catching fish, you're selling fish, you get more money if they're fresh, they can go stale, you can sell for less, or sometimes they'll completely turn to raw and then you're just screwed. But then as you trade in those fish, you get better materials to upgrade your boat with, and then you can venture out further. And then you can dredge for treasures to sell for parts to upgrade your boat, like maybe planks of wood or metal. And then you can create a stronger hole, increase your inventory, hold and craft better fishing rods. And then there's just this really big map. And there's all these different areas you can go to, tons of different fish, like the set, I think 125 different kinds. There's crab pots and nets and explorations and islands to explore, but you never leave your boat. Anyway, as you go around and you and you can talk with people and you know everyone has an interesting little story and sometimes like you hear about creepy things happening and you just get and I'm not sure exactly where the story is going you find messages and bottles that I think kind of ties everything together but what I'm really into it for it right now is just it's beautiful the the atmospheric sound of the water and the the just the sounds of the wildlife or whatever it's just really soothing and relaxing and now especially now that I have passive mode on so if you're looking for something a little different, I would say just take a look at Dredge. It's on the Steam reviews, for example, has 14,000 reviews with an overwhelming positive rating. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, and they, they have DLC coming. And yeah, like it's just a really chill game. And I look forward to playing it every night. It's just one of those games that helps wind me down and helps me just chill out a little bit. Nice. You know? Yeah. And if you want something spooky, you can turn that passive mode on and off. You can turn off on and off anytime. So you don't have to worry about it. There's a new photo mode that they added. Anyway, yeah, like really having a great time with it. And that's been that's been like the new game. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I'm still playing Diablo 4. I just hit, I think, level 52. I'm on Ooh. my pair. Yeah, I'm on my boards now. And I'm trying to finish the game. I realized I hit level like 52 and I was only in Act 3. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, time to actually finish this game because obviously the season start, the season one starts this week and I want to be able to at least dive into it and get a sense of how all that actually works. Are yeah. you still playing Diablo at all or are you kind of like falling off that? Uh, I'm playing off and on. Um, yeah. Been reviewing a lot of stuff lately yeah. and of course, you know, the big girl job takes a lot of time. So I, I get into it here and there. But honestly, I'm really enjoying these smaller experiences lately. Like this Sea of Thieves DLC was like the perfect amount of time to play like a bunch in one night and now I can move on to something else. There's a couple other games that are that feel similar like I really like these small chunk games and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know it's just not it's not the scratching the itch that I needed to right now no I totally get it absolutely get it I mean I'm still working through Diablo 4 and I'm working through Final Fantasy 16 and those are two massive games and that's why right now I'm playing Dredge and it's kind of my I'm gonna say mouth fresher but I know that's not it like the (laughs) palate cleanser (laughs) (laughs) my mouth cleanser my mouth fresher fresher But I love that you knew you knew exactly what I was trying to say because I did. you're the best and you know me. Yeah, so from now on I'm gonna call it a mouth fresher. 
Because yeah. why the fuck not? It's a good uh, mouth fresher. I love the mouth you. fresher game. I love a good mouth fresher too. It sounds like the name of a mint. Maybe we need to create some mints called the mouth freshers. Yeah. Maybe a brand. I'm a down band. to create anything, honestly. The mouth freshers. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of What's Good Games, a video game podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. I know this episode was a little, a little unordinary, you know, a little, a little different, a little out there, but it was fun and it was real. And I had a lovely time hosting it with my my lovely friend Rihanna because she's gorgeous and amazing and incredible and so smart it's and so nice I will be out me. again have you seen you have you met you listen you're worthy of all of the good things like I said I will be out next week but everyone will be here holding down the fort and I will see you the week after that so thanks for being amazing and rad everyone and please leave us a five-star review if you can on your podcast platform of choice encounter defunct X's haterade and we yeah. will appreciate it forever yeah yep. no ads this time so hey no ads this time hope you're Nothing happy complain about <laughs> hope you're happy <laughs> all right y'all see you later bye